1: Chad Franson here, co-host of the Process Breakdown podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks and giving your staff everything they need to be successful at their job. Past guests include David Allen of Getting Things Done and Michael Gerber of The E-Myth and many more. This episode is brought to you by Sweet Process. Have you had team members ask you the same questions over and over again, and this is the 10th time you spent explaining it? There's a better way and a solution. Sweet Process is a software that makes it drop-dead easy to train and onboard new staff and save time with existing staff. Not only do universities, banks, hospitals, and software companies use them, but first responder government agencies use them in life-or-death situations to run their operations. Use Sweet Process to document all the repetitive tasks, that eat up your precious time so you can focus on growing your team and empowering them to do their best work. Sign up for a 14-day trial, no credit card required. Go to sweetprocess.com. That's sweet like candy, S-W-E-E-T process.com. Natalie DeBatista is founder and CEO at DeBatista Hospitality. She has over 20 years of experience in the industry and has successfully opened over 18 properties and overseen $40 million in operations. Previously, she was director of operations at Live Casino and Hotel. She's also a wife and mother of three. Natalie, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you?
2: I'm great, Chad. How are you? Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. Hey, so uh, tell me a little bit about uh, the consulting.
2: Sure. Um, It was a business that kind of happened out of the pandemic, like so many others. much like the rest of the world, on March sixteenth or shortly thereafter, I was furloughed, and it was the first time in my adult lifehood that I had never been employed or working. <laughs> and I couldn't sit still. Uh, I started reaching out to people and people were reaching out to me, like, "Hey, do you know anybody that can help me with this, et cetera?" And I said, "Hey, I think there's a business here." Um, my husband, Fully supported me, and and he said, "Let's do it." So, so you, yeah, go ahead. So, I started a business, and I was helping out uh, smaller restaurants throughout the pandemic, helping them fill out uh, PPE paperwork or uh, licenses for cocktails to go or streeteries, et cetera, here in Philadelphia.
1: So you and you had previously been a director of operations. How does that kind of apply to what you're doing now?
2: Oh my gosh, it, it all of it uh, really has prepared me for this. Um, you know. I'm able to apply myself to whatever that restaurant group or that restaurant tour's needs are, um, and it's everything from um, oversight of of profitability, um, budgets, you know, P and Ls, things and things of that nature, to recruiting, to assisting with um, marketing initiatives, and, and kind of overhauling what they're doing to attract more businesses. Um, and what I'm doing a little bit of right now is, or a lot more more than before, is is that recruiting piece, you know, finding those employees and finding those managers. Uh, they're going to be perfect for for each each outlet.
1: Sure. Uh, before we'll get into that a little bit more, but mm-hmm. uh, can you tell me about your previous job as kind of as the uh, director of operations at Live? At sure, Live?
2: I was their uh, director of operations for food and beverage uh, or for restaurant operations, and that was amazing. Um, i started with them before the pandemic was furloughed um they graciously brought me back and we opened an incredible property you know it's a 300 million dollar property in south philly a uh, gorgeous space over eight food and beverage outlets um it was it was a, a great experience and and really an amazing education <laughs> um in you know 365 24/7 food and beverage operations um just just a fantastic group. Um, Truly, truly amazing people. And um, it was hard to leave. um, But, you know, life has a funny way of of forcing your hand at certain things. And and I took that opportunity.
1: You, uh, you kind of talked about how your focus right now is on recruitment and staff retention. What led you to kind of focus on that?
2: Uh, Really the needs of the industry, and not just hospitality industry, but really Every industry across the board currently, uh, you know, everyone went from being fully operational pre-pandemic to having to shut down or, or you know, drastically cut down their workforce. And now here we are trying to ramp up. And how do we get the right people to walk in through your door? And, and really, that's an area where I think that I'm able and and, and you know, knock on wood, <laughs> I've been successful in, in trying to help some of these groups you know, really stand out amongst the other people and and really kind of say, what can we do differently?
1: So how do you get the right people to walk through their doors?
2: It's a great question. And every restaurant's different and every outlet is different or every concept is different. It's really a matter of sitting down and saying, what do you think your needs are right now? And everyone says, I need staff. Great. What kind of staff do you need? Uh, you know, where are some areas and holes and opportunities where we can kind of work on? And then from there, it's, it, it kind of says, what is the company doing to make themselves appealing to this work demographic? And that really is everything. Um, we're talking about an industry that was really um, hit hard and, and still struggles and we're talking about an industry of, of a workforce that is saying, "Hey, maybe this isn't the type of thing I want to continue doing." So it we're we're trying to say, how can we appeal and how can we introduce ourselves to people that maybe never thought of a of a you know a role or, or an opportunity within within hospitality um And it's saying, you know, this is something that I've always done, and it's always worked for me even pre-pandemic. I always hire the person that I want in my building. Meaning I hire them for for the qualities that I can't train, which means they're pleasant, they're they're personable, they're hungry, they want to learn and I can teach them almost any skill set. And I always find that those team members are the ones that stick with me longer. They're the ones that you know Kind of and almost within the restaurant industry or hospitality industry have followed me and have grown with me, and you know I call it, you know your management tree. Now there's all these great people in in great positions, and I can't help but look back and say, wow, that's great. I, I had a hand in that.
1: How do you? Uh, is there kind of a mind shift that you have to have with your clients? Maybe it, maybe it's different in the hospitality industry, but you know I've <laughs> I've looked for jobs, and if if you don't check every single box no matter how wonderful of a person you are, they, you know, they find Absolutely. somebody else.
2: Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the old phrase beggars can't be choosers <laughs> really applies here. And, you know, that's where I, I look at these clients and I say, give me your top three, you know, criteria. And, you know, do you really need a, that bachelor's degree to do this job? Or are you really kind of, you know, cutting off your nose to spite your face? um and of course depending on the position yes you absolutely need that mm-hmm. but on some opportunities there's amazing life training or there's amazing on the job education that is just as important or just as comparable to that bachelor's degree so it's switching that mindset a little bit sometimes
1: what have you found that people have done to you know when you say what are you doing to make yourself attractive to these potential employees. What what is kind of an example of something that maybe somebody did like, okay, that's, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's, let's try and change that.
2: Um, A lot of it sometimes depending on the position is remote work um, or being incredibly flexible. I mean, the hospitality industry isn't necessarily known for its flexibility. (laughs) Um, Usually you'd say, hey, this is what we're hiring for. This is what we need. If you can't do this, then we don't need you. And you know, it's really trying to break them of that mindset and saying, Hey, now let's look at it. And how can we be a community? How can we be a family in this restaurant and how can we help each other out? Um, you know, there's so few people that are back to work five days a week in one location because they want that flexibility. So, I, I, you know, sometimes have to beat it into them to say, we've got just got to look at it differently. And, you know, they think I'm crazy sometimes, but it, it does and it has worked. You know, you can't, if, if you have a, you know, five shifts that you need open, you can't just hire two people. Now we have to hire four people, sometimes five people. But in the long run, it's, it's working out.
1: What about um, retaining staff? We talked about kind of recruiting and uh, getting people to walk through the door. How about keeping them in the door? What are, what are the kinds of things you're working on there?
2: Uh, retention is huge. Uh, you know, making sure that you're sitting down with your team members is so important. Um, and it's silly sometimes, but really one-on-ones and, and you know, sitting down and say, Chad, how's it going? You know, what do you need, you know, this week? Or what are you looking for? What have been some of your struggles since you started? And you know, not just offering lip service, but really, you know validating any concerns that they have, and seeing how the restaurant or that industry can support that team member, especially with any guest guest facing or customer service position, it can be hard. It can be very taxing. Uh, you know, it, it's certainly not for the faint of heart and and sometimes we need to be there and be able to support and be able to say, you know what, let's change this up for you so that you're not guest facing, perhaps you're not customer service five days a week. Let's change it up so that you're doing that, you know, two days or three days a week and give you that a bit more of that quality of work balance.
1: My next and question I, was, oh, sorry, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, my next question was going to be, what are some successes you've had in terms of retaining staff? Is that kind of an example?
2: That's definitely one of the examples. Um, the other piece is is really getting to know everyone. Uh, you know, it's, you know, make sure that your team members aren't just an employee ID. That's so, so important. It doesn't mean that you need to invite them over for dinner and, <laughs> you know, you need to blur those, those personal lines. But, you know, really trying to understand and, and get to know your team and saying, wow, you're going to school for this or or you're trying to start your own business. That's amazing. If you ever need help or any kind of, if you ever want to bounce something off of me, you know, ask me and I'll be happy to spend 10 minutes with you and kind of give you some pointers. I think that those are the things that are far more valuable than a paycheck.
1: In that business, is there there kind of a, do you think that managers or whatever should make it kind of a a priority to, or or know that people maybe not everybody is there for the long term, but to keep people in there as long as possible. You know, like if somebody is a college student, keep them there for four years, and then be like, great, great four yes, years.
2: That's it's exactly it, and and being okay with that natural turnover, right? That organic turnover. Um, that y- you may find that one employee that's going to be with you six seven years, but within the hospitality industry, it's not that common. Um, and not only that, I think that people want that diversity. They want to be challenged. And that's the other piece. How are you challenging your team members? Uh, you know, Just because they are so proficient in this one area doesn't mean that you, it's their fault. You should pigeonhole them. You know, ask them, say, what do you want to learn next? And if their answer is nothing, I'm fine, I'm happy, then that's great too. But you're going to be probably um, more often than not surprised that they'll say, "You know, I've always wanted to learn X. Or, hey, if there's ever an opportunity where I can help a manager on the floor one night a week, you know, I'd love the opportunity exposure.
1: What are and, some difficulties that you've had in terms of retaining staff?
2: The difficulties lie in the fact that the, the entire market, hiring market across so many industries is in such dire need uh, that although... We may hire somebody at a specific, you know, hourly rate thinking we're competitive or, and I say we from whoever that client is, or even in my past, especially my past. uh, And we feel great about it, but there's another restaurant or there's another, you know, employer down the street that's throwing so much more money at them and we can't compete. And then we're just kind of, you know, and, and those are the things that are going to happen. Not everyone can afford to pay. A line cook, twenty five dollars an hour. You know, it. it, You just can't.
1: What kind of focus do you place on, um, you know, diversity and inclusion? My my wife actually works in HR, and she kind of has to research why, you know, white people stay there at her company for eight years, for example. I don't know, for example, you know, for an example, and uh, minorities stay for one and a half. (laughs) Uh, What kind of focus or insight do you have on that?
2: I think that that's that's such great insight that she's looking into that and i think that a lot of the things that are put in place in certain companies are geared towards a caucasian or a white demographic and i think that if you do those one-on-ones with your team members and you really understand you know your workforce you may understand that it's far more important for the you know an a latino you know which i am you know uh, demographic to have certain holidays off you know that's far more important to us you know and it's kind of shifting and and changing those things um for instance in my past i had a at one particular location i had a very large asian um demographic and They were upset that there wasn't, you know, representation from a food perspective in the cafeteria that they could, they could enjoy. And I said, you're absolutely right. So, you know, it was, we made this huge initiative to bring in rice cookers because they wanted, that's what they wanted. And we asked them, we asked them flat out, what do you want? And and they said, you know, we'd love some rice. It's a staple of ours, or we'd love, you know, even some hot soup or, or hot tea. Great. We can do that. Um, and I think that it's getting in touch with your workforce and finding out what's important to them, because it, it just it just doesn't translate. It just doesn't translate. You know, we can't continue to operate thinking that what has worked historically will continue to work for us.
1: I have one final question for you, but first, how can people find out more about Batista Consulting?
2: Sure. Uh, they can definitely go to my website, uh, I also We also have a LinkedIn profile um, as well as uh, Instagram and Facebook. So we're all over the place.
1: Great. Uh, <laughs> last question. What are some action steps that people should start doing right now based on some of the advice that you've just given today?
2: Probably the biggest takeaway that I would suggest is really taking a hard look at their own in, their own business and saying, you know, at some point in time you know if if you are having such a hard challenge hiring x amount department or x amount of, of of staff hold up the mirror and say what am i do what can i do differently because at some point in time change has to happen you know the the um they say that you know the the Definition of insanity is continue, continue to try to do the exact same thing and expect a different result. And that's absolutely where we are. Absolutely. And, and, you know, look outside of the box and say, what can we do differently? And it's a hard question. It's a really hard question. But it, it, if, I think that if you take the, those those hard steps now and you really look at it, then you can lay out a plan as to what to do.
1: Hey, uh, Natalie, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great talking to you and uh, you've had some great insights. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
1: So long, everybody.
0: You too. Thanks for listening to the Process Breakdown Podcast. Before you go, quick question. Do you want a tool that makes it easy to document processes, procedures, and or policies for your company so that your employees have all the information they need to be successful at their job? If yes, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. No credit card is required to sign up. Go to SweetProcess.com, Sweet Like Candy, and Process Like Process.com. Go now to SweetProcess.com and sign up for your risk-free 14-day trial. Hi.